Hi, it's Michael Waits, and welcome to the Globe Chung Podcast. I'm talking to Nat, and Nat is a recent graduate of the Anglo-Singapore International School, and you are now a student at the University of Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Okay, and where are you from originally? I'm from Thailand, Bangkok. You are. And did you go to international school your whole life? So um, I went to an international kindergarten school. I don't really know how to call it. I went to Naughty Playgroup, and then okay. my mom put me in Salasat Ekdra, which is a bilingual school near my house for three years before I transferred to Anglo. And what's the history of you going to international school? In other words, why did your parents make that decision as opposed to sending you to just some of the really kick-ass local schools that are here? So um, one of the concerns my mom had when I went to the Thai school was that I was starting to lose my ability to speak English. And definitely that concerned her a bit just because I was trying to fit in with the other Thai kids because having an American accent suddenly was something that you could be bullied for, for some reason. Right, right. it was but, kind of uncool, um, right, in a weird way. Yeah, in a really weird way. So I know how to speak in a Thai accent, which is like a cool skill that I have that I show people sometimes. And um, my dad also wanted me to learn Chinese, which is why he put me in Anglo. Um, like, just weirdly, I didn't really pick up on that much Chinese. I can understand it, but I did pick up on a lot of math and sciences, which was an unintended consequence an unintended probably positive consequence um, <laughs> yeah why but both of your parents are thai right um so they're thai but my mom was born here so i do have an american citizenship ah okay so that's even more interesting so that's why your mother was thinking not i don't want to say concerned but that's why she was thinking i want my daughter also to speak english yeah i do think that is i got it really interesting so I looked up on the internet, and right, and all I see about you is just winning awards, whether it's the debate club or you know some of the other stuff that you did. Did you feel like I don't remember what it's like so much when I was in high school, but did you feel like once you won the first award that there was kind of more pressure on you to just continue to outperform, or was it just something that you did naturally? Um, like it wasn't much of like a pressure that I had to win stuff, but it became kind of just really fun to win awards. <laughs> okay, that's um, cool. <laughs> I started in sixth grade. Uh, my mom got me into this club called World Scholars Cup, actually. Um, I was a really annoying teenager, and I was really mad at her for doing that. But, like, I'm so thankful now because um, just winning that first award made me realize that, like, life is more about just sitting there and being really poopy about things. And that was, like, when I actually got into just being a little bit more academic, trying to study more things. And that's how I actually got into debate as well, because I wanted to do better for World Scholars Cup, but I ended up becoming more of a debater than a scholar, which is funny. But yeah, um, it's really fun for me. And just being in that competition and just getting to know more people outside of my school was also very refreshing. And it was a lot of just making friends with strangers that just have brilliant ideas or just have different perspectives that was really exhilarating to me. Yeah, it's really kind of cool. Look, I want to talk about Anglo specifically a little bit only because to me as an outsider, right, from an, from an international school community, which is relatively tight, right? Like, you know, all the other international schools and they know Anglo as well, but it's slightly from a population size. It's slightly smaller, no? Oh, it's way smaller. Is um, it way smaller? So how many kids were in your graduating class? 12 kids. <laughs> 12. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's it's not supposed... 
So it gets smaller after we go through IGCSE. So we do the British curriculum. So a lot of my friends disappeared um, after 10th grade. Um, back in 10th grade, I think I had 30 people in my in the grade, but in classes specifically, there were always less than 20 people in the classes. Um, just so you know, I did the reverse of you. When I was in eighth grade, right, so just before I went to high school, there were five kids in my class. Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, there were five kids in the entire grade. I still know every single one of their names, and I can yeah. tell you what they do for work. It was really small. And what I found, and I'm curious what you found as well, was that I was able to learn so much because just the teacher-to-student ratio was so aggressive. Yeah. It was so beneficial to me. And when I finally got into you know, a bigger school, it was weird in a way. It definitely is. Um, I went from a what? So I take economics alone at school for two years. <laughs> I was best friends with a teacher, really. <laughs> you took an economics course at Anglo, and it was just you and the teacher because nobody else took that class. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of fun stuff in the years. I'm we sure. We just quickly finished the curriculum, and then we were just like, let's do research in this. And that was really fun. What did that teach you about? just learning as a concept, right? In other words, if you're sitting Mm -hmm. in a class with 20 kids, and we'll talk about that now that you're at Penn, right? The learning process actually at some level gets slowed down a bit because you've got to teach to everybody. But when it's one-on-one like that, your ability to learn is faster, don't you think? And deeper. I think so, yeah. Um, Definitely, it's... So a lot of my classes are half lectures and half very interactive, especially when we're looking at math classes or like the more more discussion-based sides of the classes. I do actually learn a lot from my friends. Um, and sometimes the teacher is the last resort that we go to when we really don't know how to figure out something. I think being in that small environment just helped us to, like, it's not just being alone one-on-one with the teacher that helped me to learn a lot. It was just that because the class was so tight and that we just had each other, we had to depend on each other to be able to like really push ourselves. And I think that really helped us to kind of learn a lot of things at a faster pace and also in a deeper level. Right. But it also sounds like you're able to learn not just the academic subject, but the way to yeah. learn, which is actually more important, right? In other words, yeah. the concepts that you're learning in school are relatively easy but the ability to learn something is actually quite non-trivial that's true i think like what got me through high school was definitely not because i was smart at any subject it was just because i knew how to study for those subjects like unfortunately that is the truth but yeah it it helps you to it's it's something that you don't use for just one subject you can use for all subjects and i think it's been really useful to me to adapt It sounds like it. So when you were on the debate team and you were representing sort of Thailand at an international level? Uh, So I represent Thailand in an international competition. Where did you go? Uh, So I went two years, uh, in 2016 and 2018. 2016, we went to Germany, and 2018, we went to Croatia. And um, I was in the national team at a tournament called the World Schools Debating Championship. it's it's like the it's the biggest not the biggest but like the highest level you can go to for high school debaters kind Most of prestigious yeah. kind of competition for high school yeah it was a lot of pressure um. <laughs> so, so that's the other thing that I'm I re- that's the other thing that I really want to know right like 
when you've kind of been tagged or labeled, not just by your students and your peers and your teachers, but also by your family, right? As like a smart kid or a kid that does well. I do think, because I remember when I was younger, right? I always felt this pressure like, I just have to maintain this level forever. Yeah? So what was the pressure like when you were doing the debating? So actually, my family is really chill about it. Um, I think really? I am the tiger. Yeah, um, I am the tiger mom to myself. Like my mom <laughs> always said, you you can it's do so whatever good. you want as long as you don't like as long as you do your best. And if you get a B, even though you do your best, it's fine. Like, yeah, just yeah. Um, she's really chill, and like she's the one to like make me go to bed at night sometimes. So I I think for me it's. Um, definitely it's more of the pressure from myself to do well, just because like, I want to be able to exceed any expectations that people set for me, or like, I just want to be able to kind of pave my own path. And because mine was so different from my peers at school, I just felt like there was this, like this bad sense of like, I have to prove myself in some way. So, um, (laughs) it's it's a drive that keeps you going and it's also a little bit obsessive. But um, in terms of debate, I think the pressure also mostly came from the community. Like when you're representing a country, it's not just about you. It's about being able to make legacy so that your future, um, future generations of world schools debaters would have an easier time because they can work off that reputation. And it's also about making sure that your seniors that did so well in the past feel proud of you as well because right. like you need to maintain that legacy. So it was a lot of pressure just because it was something that I needed to take seriously and I couldn't just let the opportunity go because it's not affecting just me. It's the community. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting when you're representing your country, the way you can feel really differently about the sort of exercise and the process that you're going through. Yeah. There's this like 360 degrees of pressure in a good way, right? And that means, like you said, the seniors that have been there before, they're watching and they're thinking, hey, last year we did really well. We cannot let the the value of our country drop lower. And then the juniors are yeah. looking at you going, you know, please keep up this thing. And then they see it and feel the same level of pressure. When you represent your country, it's really special, I think. Yeah. I think it hit me hard when... My, so, like, our coaches have a Thailand national team page, and, like, right. every time we would post a photo before the tournament, people are just commenting, saying, like, you guys can do this, you got this, and it was just, it was, like, I felt so, it was very touching, but it was also so much pressure <laughs> to, like, <laughs> have to, like, fulfill their hopes and dreams, but, yeah. How did you guys do in the competition the last year you were there, like, 2018? Um, 2018, um, well... I see we didn't do that well but we felt like in terms of statistics wise we didn't do that well but I felt like personally I improved a lot from and I made a lot of contributions to the team and I was really proud of my team um I mean part of it is just because like the debate society goes through a cycle and I think like all my seniors were just crazy amazing. Like one of my seniors was is or has already graduated from Cambridge Law and like he's really really good. Like, like it's that kind of pressure that like really I gets understand. at you and I just felt like I would never be able to do as well as he did. But um yeah, we really did our best. Uh my coach was amazing this year and um I feel like there were some parts that were kind of out of our control, but regardless of the 
actual results, I felt like we did really well. And I'm really proud of my team. Good for you. It's a great outlook to have. So what was it about going to college in the United States in general, and then maybe about going to Penn in particular that made you decide to do that? Like, where's your mother? You said your mother was born in the United States, right? Or was raised in the US? Where is is she from? She's, uh, she was born in California. California. Um, Okay. And she she lived there for quite a few years. And then she also lived in Mississippi with her great aunt um, before she came back to Thailand. Deep yeah. South. Interesting. So what, <laughs> um, it's okay. My young, my oldest sister actually was born in Mississippi. I was born in California with oh. my brother. So mm-hmm. not so different. Um, <laughs> so what made you decide to go to Penn? Again, not an easy place to get into. Part of the Ivy League. It's <laughs> hard stuff, right? Oh, God. So um, I went to, so like for World Scholars Cup, the last round that I went to in my first year which was like a miracle like I didn't even get I didn't even know that we could get that far but uh, we went to the nationals we went to the global round and then we qualified for this thing they call tournament of the champions where we they that year they invited I think 200 teams out of maybe a thousand or something to like come compete it was the 20 like top 20 percent I was like what the hell like I was in I'm sorry (laughs) no it's okay where where was that held um so they held it at Yale University. That's where like Got it. That was the first time I felt like like this is college. I have to come to college. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, as a like I think I was in 7th grade back then and um oh, wow. going to Yale was just such a different experience because I was meeting people around campus who sounded really smart. I was meeting people who were already seniors trying to get into Yale, getting into Ivy Leagues and like like going there was I think it might have been the squirrels too, to be fair. Like I was 13, but like it was a really great experience for me. So after that, I came back, I started to look up universities and I was just looking up the culture, looking up the classes I could take. And um, yeah, like back then it was just kind of a superficial level of I want to go to college in the United States. But like as I grew older and I got into high school, I started to think about what I actually had to plan for my future. Um, my school is, I would say, specialized in sending kids to the UK, specifically into yes. science programs. Right. So, like, I know, like, a lot of my classmates got into Imperial College London, and then they're going to different places. There's a bunch of kids going to med school, and they're all really smart in my class. But, like, for me, looking at it like, made me go, yikes. Like, um, I can't <laughs> do one thing for another three years. Like, I did well in all my classes, but there was never this connection with the sciences that like I never developed that connection for me. And it was just, it was something that I could do, but like, I don't want to spend 20 years doing research and I could not envision myself doing that. Whereas going to debate competitions, doing community service, working with people in my school to help like create programs. That was something that actually got me really excited. And I was really excited to talk about politics, talking about feminism. It was something that just, I could feel in my heart that I wanted to do something about it. And it was not a force that I had to build up superficially in my head. It was just from me and I'm just doing it because I really want to do it. So like, I knew like right then that, I needed to go somewhere with more freedom. And that's where I think I started to look at the United States and I started to actually take it seriously that, you know what, like this would be great for me because I'll have so much to do in college and I don't have to be restricted in one subject. And for me, um, 
what happened after that was basically I was just looking up schools. And the thing is, like, the schools I was looking up, I wanted a school with, like, I don't, I didn't want to stay college because I didn't want to be overwhelmed by 30,000 people in a college and me not knowing what I want to do. Like, I still want that small few community that I've always had. Yeah. How many kids are in your class this year? There's 2,500 of them, so it's not exactly small, but I am in a college house where we have 80 freshmen, and we're all kind of really close. Like, the, my college house is a little bit more, it feels like Anglo, so um, that's my home away from home, basically. But, yeah, like, I really, I thought I had to come to the, like, I was looking at universities, and most of the universities I was looking at were smaller schools, so it really restricted my choice to, like, Ivy Leagues and um, the bunch of small schools, like Amherst and, like, Williams College, so um, I was like, well, then I have to get in there. (laughs) It was not a choice for me. I'm like, I have to get in, (laughs) so. um, So what was the feeling like? How many colleges do you apply to? I applied to 10, which is really a small amount compared to a lot of people I know really (laughs) yeah and I did not really have any safety schools I mean like the most safety I would say I applied to is Brandeis but it's not that much of a safety either I don't know why yeah my brother went to Brandeis he's a neurosurgeon it's not Brandeis not much of a safety school (laughs) it's not a safety school but that was the highest acceptance rate that was listed on my um, 10 schools. Yeah. I don't know why I did that to myself, but, um, I just felt like for me, there's no other college that would be a great fit. And so I just put in 10 and I just hoped I got into one of them. <laughs> I, you, yeah. do, you do tend to seem to do things, one, that are difficult and two, you know, that are different than what everybody else wants to do, right? In other words, you set your expectations yeah. for yourself pretty high and you take the road less traveled and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, that's a great way to live, I think. Just keep doing it. Yeah, for me, like, I don't know why I do that, but like, I'm generally a very obedient kid. Like, I don't break, really break rules. I don't really um do things that are out of the blue. Like, I don't right. even go out to drink and like have fake IDs, <laughs> which is like, I'm very different from a lot of kids, but like the part of me that I've always felt was very rebellious was just in terms of what I wanted out of my own life. And I knew like, it doesn't matter if it was a difficult path or anything. I just felt like I needed to do something that was true to myself and just authentic. Um, I can't lie for like, I'm really bad at lying. Good, and I knew don't, like, good, I and don't, don't and don't lose this part of you. The world will try to beat it out of you. Don't let them yeah. take it from you. I'm very serious about this. Um, this is like unsolicited advice. But do not yeah. let the world take that part of you away because that's the best part. Did you get a sense now that you're living alone, right? I mean, not alone, but you're living away from your parents. Do you feel different? Do you know what I mean? Like you've got to make your own oh. decisions day to day. Yeah. Like that freedom is... Freedom is empowering, but it's also, it's a gigantic responsibility, right? Like with, you know, with great freedom comes great responsibility, right? And Mm -hmm. do you sense that at all? Like at first, like, holy, holy, I jumped out of this plane and now I'm alone. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I think I'm relatively pampered at home. (laughs) I think so. I mean, I know I'm a spoiled kid. (laughs) But that's also good to know, right? In other words, self-awareness is important too. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a sister. Older or younger? Younger. Um, she's, How much? she's in 
She's in 10th grade right now. Okay, so she's two or three years younger than you are. Yeah, three years. Fair enough. Okay. Sorry. So you do you did get a sense of this freedom, right? So you knew that like you'd go home every night and dinner was ready, your clothes were washed, and your room was clean. All these things, yeah. right? And now you're living alone. You're like, wait a second, I'm gonna do this all by myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um. When I like the first three weeks was really hard. Um. Not in terms of like actually, I found that taking care of myself wasn't so bad yet because I didn't really have to pay bills or I didn't really have to cook for myself because I just had to go to a dining hall but um like the thing that was really scary was that I was coming home well not really like coming back to my dorm with just no comfort of a home and like I would have always known that there would be people at home and I would just be sitting there I didn't realize I was very reliant on the feeling of comfort when I got back home but like for the first yeah, it's really weird. Like for the first three weeks, I came back and I just it felt like a dorm room. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like home. And it was really hard for me. I know like the first week, I got a lot of panic attacks, which I don't yeah. like I haven't gotten in a while. Like and I, I've managed it over the course of six years in like school. But um, yeah, like I got a lot of panic attacks. So like I went straight to the psychological counseling center. <laughs> but it was I'm know. actually really glad you said that, right? Because one of the biggest difficulties for students and particularly for foreign students, right, going not just mm-hmm. to the United States, but going to Europe and going to France or going to England is that sense of no safety net. The psychological yeah. pressure is much harder than the academic pressure because you're used to the academics. It's not much different. You wake up, you go yeah. to class, there's a schedule, you have homework. That's not so different. Mm-hmm. But you're right. At night when you go home from Anglo, and your mom's there, or your dad's there, and your sister's there, it's hard to explain just how subtle that support system is until it's not there anymore. That's very true. And Um, I think that they should tell students about this. I wish somebody had told me, right? I wasn't (laughs) that far away from my family, but still, I'd go back to my dorm, and my sophomore year, we had our own rooms, so we had no roommate. It was just a weird Mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's the hardest part, I think. I think, like, one of the things that helped me a lot was just, well, for the first few weeks, I was obsessively calling my friends. Um, (laughs) I mean, that helped. I was half crying, half talking, but, like, it was a comfort for me to be able to talk to my friends. And also, the kids that came with me, like, there are six of us this year in the freshman class from Thailand. From Thailand? Yeah. Yeah, we have six of us this year, which is... Um, I think equivalent to the sophomores, they also have six, but like it's most Thai kids they've accepted in history because I think they accepted 13 and six of us came. But like, yeah, um, like I realized that like we vibe really well together and everyone kind of like they weren't like so the sophomores are really nice, but they're also a different vibe than my cohort is. And I felt like I really clicked well with the people that came with me. And they've been such a big support system for me just because like we would all miss home and we would complain together and we would like go out and eat boba tea together and stuff like that. Like where like I felt like I had people that I could rely on and I would I know that if something happened to me they would be the first ones to run and like help us right. so yeah building your own support system is a good skill to have as well it's just really yeah important, right and <laughs> mm-hmm. so where is Anglo in Bangkok uh so it's at Punawiti station it's at Punawiti right and where's your where do you live 
I live, <laughs> I live in um, Rama Three, so like Rama Three. Okay, so not that far. Road. Yeah, not that far away. I just want it's to understand the distance. Drive. Yeah, it's not that far, right? Um, yeah. And you live on campus now at Penn. And what's your roommate situation? Are you, do you in a suite? Is it just you and one other person? I'm in a single. Um, <laughs> so you live I, alone. Yeah, I live alone. Um, so half of like half of the dorms here are singles, and the other half are doubles, which is like great. Um, yeah. So how have you found? You were at a really small school. You said how many kids were in your graduating class? I forget the number. Twelve. Twelve, right? So it's small. There are 80 kids in your college, so not gigantic, but more than 12. But also Penn has a gigantic campus in Philadelphia. And, you know, Philadelphia is a vibrant city in a way that's slightly Mm -hmm. different than Bangkok, right? So it's smaller population-wise, but, you know, there's a lot going on there, museums and the rivers there. There's a whole bunch of stuff to do. But do you find that you can get overwhelmed as well with the choice? Like there's an embarrassment of riches for things to do. Unlike what you had at Anglo, where you kind of had to go outside the school to get those things sometimes, right? What's that difference like? Oh, it's really, I think, especially the first three weeks, it was like, it was like, what is going on? Because we were, we would go outside and there would be extracurricular fairs and there would be like hundreds of booths in front. And it was just really cool and then you would go like um last week i had to sign up for my classes next semester you would go on there and you'd be like there are literally six thousand courses you could take next semester <laughs> like what is happening um <laughs> i think i yeah how do i know what's great and what's not like because for it was so different just because in anglo it was just like yeah i had to choose between five classes and i needed four four so it was really easy like i just go with that one and it would be already set for life i had two clubs I could choose from in school, but I did debate since the beginning. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to choose another club. They're... Right. That's all we get to do. And um, just from those small clubs, we have to make the most out of it. Here, it's very different because you will have clubs specialized for literally everything. everything. Like I've seen everything. Like there's everything around here. There's acapella. There's Disney acapella, which Kengo is in. I'm like, what? Like, that is so cool. Um, I'm in a club right now. It's very specific though, right? Like it's not just acapella. acapella. It's Disney acapella. (laughs) And don't sing anything else over there. Okay. No more. Yes. Except Disney Disney. songs. Which is great. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. I'm in a club right now called Circle of Women, where we, uh, like we fundraise to get money to help women in underdeveloped communities to build schools there and that was really great um there's there's like pandems which is like the democratic society there's another one that's for socialists i'm like that's a very big distinction considering considering like like before a lot of small schools they would not even have it in the first place and then there's clubs like um the shakespeare like the Shakespeare Foundation that sends us like really weird cryptic messages messages in dorms, which like caused like a riot over like right. the freshman community. I don't know. So like um, there were these uh, letters that they put under our doors, and then we were trying like people just had cryptic messages that sounded a little bit ominous, and then they would have their names written on it, and it was really weird because like a lot, a lot of freshmen were getting it, and then there was no name of who it was coming from, but they. The, the, the link at the bottom told people to go sign up for a Google form. And a bunch of people were like going crazy because like no one could figure out who put it under their door and no one knew what was happening. And it just caused a riot and people thought the ghosts were here. But like, um, it was, 
yeah, it's the Shakespeare Foundation. I think this is really indicative of right. So there are two thousand five hundred kids in your class, and every single one of those kids yeah. in in the whole class, right? Every single one of those kids is a freshman, and even if those kids had been living. Like if they'd gone to Andover or if they went to, you know, Northfield, Mount Hermon, or if they went to some other boarding school, whether it's in the United States or in Europe, now they're really on their own. College is definitely different, even yeah. than boarding school. And like, I think people are just testing stuff out. Do you get that sense too? You know what I mean? Like, what are the limits? Yes. What are the boundaries? Yeah, yeah, I think I feel like that's what I'm doing a lot because cool. I'm, I haven't joined that many things, but like, I'm really testing what I can do in my free time. And I've just been to a lot of events and just signing up for just weird things that I've never done before. Um, I have a class next semester that I hope to get into that's called Desire and Demand. And it's just basically a class where you go to eat food in Philly and you write essays about it. Like I'm trying (laughs) as many different weird things that I've never had as possible. And I feel like everyone is doing that because I know um, this person in my dorm is doing debate he's in the ua uh, undergrad assembly which is like the student council of penn mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. doing a bunch of really cool things i know another person who is in dance he's um also in orchestra doing a bunch of really cool musical things i feel like people are just expanding their territory and just trying out different crazy things they've never done before and it's Good. really fun because we get to come back together and talk about it at night and yeah. um, you just learn so much from the people around here. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So one more thing I want to ask you before I let you go. You mentioned a few minutes ago that, you know, during your first few weeks there, you would just obsessively call your friends. And then sometimes it yeah. was like a little bit emotional. Did you notice a change where you're just like you went back to your room and you thought, you know what? I, I don't need to call anybody tonight. I think I'm OK. Like, did you feel that change? I mean, for me, it was not really a choice just because people started to actually go to school as well. So it was like, it's not like I can call them in the middle of the day and be like, hey, can we talk? Um, But yeah, like, um, I think that part of me that's starting to be okay is I have my own friends here. And I like, if I didn't, if I couldn't call back home or couldn't call my friends, I could just go downstairs, sit in the lounge and somebody would walk in and we'd have a great conversation. And I feel like, um, yeah. And some days I would just sit in my room and I just, it's starting to like go back to the cycle of what it would be like at my, at, in my room when I go back from Anglo every day where I just go back and like watch YouTube for three hours and it's starting to feel normal now. Um, right. That's good though, right? Yeah. I don't YouTube know how I got hours. it at <laughs> Stop it. Don't do that. Um, so what are you what are you doing over break? Are you going to come back to Thailand? Are you going to stay in the United States? I am. I'm going back to Thailand. I am so excited. I just miss food. Um, <laughs> yeah, food's been the biggest change here, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of international students say that, right? Particularly in a place like Thailand where the food is so distinctive and so good. Yeah, and it's not just Thai food. It's just every type of cuisine you can find in Thailand. Here, it's like you actually have to make an effort to walk to get to some place that has mediocre food. So it's like um, it's, you don't you don't know this, but my my parents actually live in and around Philadelphia. I went to high school just outside Philadelphia, so it's wow. been a while. But I don't disagree with you. Anyway, <laughs> having said that, I should probably let you go. So, Nat, I really want to say thank you. This has been a blast for me and hopefully fun for you as well. And um, hopefully you'll come to the event that uh, Uniqlo is going to do in January if you're still here. It would be great to meet you face-to-face as well. I should meet some of the other students that I've spoken to, too.
Yeah, um, Kango's invited me to do it, so like we'll figure out what's happening there, and then yeah, so I will be there. It'll be great to meet you then. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much again for your time today. You too. Thank you.